everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the all-new podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, shares her view of pop culture, small-town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the small business reality show Shark Tank. Let's bring her in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I, we're into potty training with Leo now. And uh, I have a question. I'm sorry to start off on a, a semi-disgusting note, but I have a question I have to ask you that I've been saving for you. I didn't Google it or anything. Wow. I just don't know. After he uses the potty to its maximum potential, if you catch my meaning, the, the works. Yes, I do. Do I use a wet wipe or toilet paper? And is he just standing up while I take care of this or what? Yes, he's just standing up. Okay. I would use a wet wipe because I think that makes things easier. Yeah. But, but you can't you know, flush eventually that. You, you can't flush those. You can't flush a wet wipe. It's, yeah. No. Yeah. But I still use one because I think it gets the job done. And you can slowly transition him to toilet paper. Okay. You know, gradually. But I'd use a wet wipe because you, what you want to do right now is concentrate on getting him to the bowl. And the other thing, he's used to having that freezing cold cloth just smacked down on himself. So uh, I would use that. That does the job. Okay. Good. You know, I'm terrified by all this. This I was really not looking forward to this step, and I don't. Maybe it's some weird Freudian psychological thing with me, but I just have been dreading potty training. Well, we did used to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I had the took a lot of lumps while I was getting potty trained. Yeah. You know, I always hated potty training because it was such a pain in the ass to find a public restroom someplace at that point. You know that. Yeah. Because you don't get a lot of notice, right? Right, right. And they're, you know, they're filthy anyway, usually. And, uh... Oh, the bathrooms. (laughs) Not the children. The bathrooms. Although the children are pretty filthy sometimes, too. Sometimes. And if you don't get there in time, now you're dealing with crying because, oh, I didn't get there in time. And, And if it's a poop, it's a big mess. I hated potty training. That's why you weren't potty trained until you were three. You know, I don't want to be like American Vandal season two, where I just couldn't get into because of the pooping. Oh, God, that was so disgusting. And I finally just had to say, oh, it's just chocolate pudding. We did watch it all, but it wasn't done as well as the first one. You watched it all? Yeah. And you hated the first one. Well, I grew to like the first one, but I did not like the second one. I didn't like the people... And and I didn't like the premise, even. I didn't like the premise that somebody had invited these high school boys to come investigate at their school, and that didn't make any sense to me. And so you preferred the true-to-life nature of the first season of American Vandal, is that what you're saying? Well, it wasn't true-to-life, Johnny, but I thought it was well done. I think it, I think that was a good story, one and done, but not... It, you, you, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with it. But, you know, a lot of people love the second season, so. Yeah, I know. But do they do they really or do they just <laughs> think they did? And that's what and that's what I think. I think they did, but they thought they did, but they really didn't. You think that they thought that they did? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can doubt people's intentions like that, mom, when they express their cultural preferences. 
Hey, I'm going to use self-preservation here because I just don't want to think people are going to settle for that. Okay. Don't settle, people. Mom, uh, is your sister in town right now? I understand she's coming to visit with you soon. I'm very excited. Yes. Um, we're going to come to Chicago and do all our, our souvenir shopping at the airport because that's the kind of people we are. All right. Here, here's what, here's what, Well, first, let me tell you this story, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a about friend. About Carol, your sister. No, this is not about my sister. Oh, this okay. Is a very we're leading up one. to the Carol stories. Okay. I see you've programmed this in your head. Okay. Start with the I have. Story. I have all my notes in order this week. I had my shit together this week. <laughs> okay, good. Um Wow. All right. So this is what this is what she told me. I'm not going to use her name, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's but give her a name. She, though. What should her name be? Uh, uh, Leona. <laughs> I know somebody named Leona. Oh, okay. All right. So Leona was telling me this story. Okay. That's probably the only time we need to use it. So she was trying to be romantic with her husband. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, she said things weren't going too well. Oh. And, yeah, this story needs a lot of imagination. To <laughs> it. So, I think I'm we all gonna... follow the thread so far. Okay. Yes. okay. The performance so, is not up to expectations quite yet. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And so they finally gave up and, you know, she was just, they were just hanging out and he he turned and he said to her, you know, you can't put a marshmallow in a piggy bank. Yeesh. And I and then he put it on Facebook, and I thought, well, what the hell does that mean? So then, when I saw her and she told me the story, I thought that was pretty funny. So, wait, wait a minute. He put the whole story on Facebook, or he only put the phrase "you can't put a marshmallow in a piggy bank" on the uh, on Facebook. He just put that phrase. On. So he subtweeted his marital issues. Well, that, yeah, that's a whole nother, yeah. Yeah, okay. But it is quite an image, isn't it? It is. Um, hey, I salute her for uh, still having a piggy bank at that age. <laughs> what do you mean at that age? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right, so listen. To, so here's my sister's friend. Okay. I listen to her talk about them all the time. And, uh, you know, a lot of us have friend, a friend, perhaps, that is odd, that is a little odd. Sure. And she is a friend. She has three friends that I'm going to tell you about. And one of the friends is um, a raving, full-fledged alcoholic. Oh. And... This friend will call her, and she like she has a dog that weighs 125 pounds that she can't control, and it it, it has attacked her. And that's just what you want. Ha- Good <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and she's so she's called my sister to come over, and her dog got away. Oh, can't my wait! Sister, oh, Lord. Who weighs less than the dog? Yeah. To come. <laughs> To come over and get it, and you know, so that that's an odd friend that she has. <laughs> odd, yes. Peculiar Do you think that sort. Worked? Yeah. Yeah. She's so she's an odd one, but these are all friends from from like high school. They've been together forever. Oh. And. I used to think my sister was the odd one until she started telling me these stories. 
So this is this is the second one. This is a friend that lived in a an apartment house, an apartment building, and uh, a fellow moved in next to her, and she swore he was playing his video games very, 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 very loud, mm. loudly, but that he had some sort of connection so that when the police showed up, he knew they were coming, and there was never any noise. Wow, okay. He would get an inside tip. Right. Okay. Right. So they, she could never catch him. So she she came over one time to stay at the apartment with my sister, mm-hmm. and she wrapped herself up in Reynolds' wrap before she went to sleep because he was also zapping her, zapping her body. And he knew where she was because he had put a tracker on her car, she saw it. And so wherever she was, he could zap her. Oh, well, this person sounds um, like they need some help, actually. Well, yeah, but... That took quite a turn. I thought that the video game noise thing was real. I mean, granted, I was suspicious when the notion of the mole inside the police department tipping him off to a noise complaint but yeah um, wow i didn't that was quite a turn um so So how does your but how does your i can see how carol would gather these people because i can see her being disquieted yet putting up with someone who wrapped themselves in in tinfoil right right and she told me that this weekend this woman came and she had stopped at the farmer's market and bought five rolls of masking tape because now she wraps herself in masking tape before she goes to bed. Wow. Yeah. And, and but how so, does Carol respond to any of this? Does she say, she, hey, do you she, want to talk to someone? Or No. You know my sister. She just sort of says, huh, okay. <laughs> you know, do you need any help securing that tape? That's how she is, you know. She's, yeah. She's very accepting, and um, and and in fact, she she took this neighbor, this man, to court to get a restraining order against him hmm. to to stop zapping her, and uh, she lost. She I'm trying knew. not to laugh because she's clearly a troubled person, but the word zap is so funny. Especially in and the context the of she uses. the justice system. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, he moved five doors away and to, you know, to another apartment. And uh, now she has a woman living, uh, renting a room in her apartment with her. And um, the woman wants her to supply the... Uh, laundry detergent which does not come with rent and my sister sees another big fight coming up another issue with this woman that she's rented to um and well anyway and you know obviously there is something amiss there but nobody can really get to the core of it you know she holds a job and you know, functions. Mm-hmm. So, but here's here's the one that I think is the worst. Oh, okay? so there's another there's another friend. Yes, there's another. The fr- first... oh, there's more. There's so many. There's so many. But these are just the top three okay. that I picked. 
<laughs> okay. So, well, the second one was kind of depressing. I hope the third one is zanier. Okay. <laughs> so she goes out to lunch with the drinker and who has to leave every uh, 15, 20 minutes because she's also a horrible smoker, so she can't really sit through the whole God. meal. She has to get up and go have a cigarette. She and, can't even make it through a meal? Oh, my God, no. She'll get up two or three times. My sister practically has to entertain herself. But they were with another friend, and this the woman got up to go have a couple of cigarettes. and So they were sitting at the table, and this friend leans over and says to her, you know, my husband can't really uh, live without me anymore. He really, he really needs me. He has, you know, health issues of some sort. I'm not sure exactly what they are. But she says to my sister, you know, she worries. What, what will happen if she gets a, a terminal disease? How can she take her husband with her? So essentially, after they've had this very pleasant lunch, more or less, together, now she's asking my sister how she can murder her husband. Oh, my God. Oh my God. At the Red Robin, you know? I mean, come on. Mm. At least they had a delicious burger first. Well, you, I bet they did. I'm sure they did. <laughs> But can you imagine? This is this is how they end the meal. Not with a nice piece of chocolate cake, but with, how would I murder my husband? Yeah. Yeah, go for the chocolate cake instead. To murder my husband, that's too expensive, and it's so fatty. <laughs> I said, well, now you're an accomplice to the whole thing, so how does that feel? Yeah, that's right. She's going to have to take the stand. That's right. That's right. So that's a, that is some of my sister's friends. Wow, well, that was quite a tormo. What prompted you to take to give us th this <laughs> sweeping tour? Did something happen recently? I guess the, the second story was pretty recent, the tinfoil. That just happened, huh? That's been going on for years. <laughs> oh, really? I just uh, you said they just had lunch the other day. Oh, I agree. I'm not. I love it. Um, but I'm just... I. I'm not sure which one sticks with me the most. They're all so striking. I do like husband murder, because at least, like I said, it sounds like at least they got to enjoy a nice meal together. And then you had, well, it's a question of scruples, really, isn't it? I guess <laughs> I guess so, but it seems so much more basic when my sister, she tells me these things like they're just perfectly normal, like I... Of yeah, like she I was does. at CVS and shampoo was on sale. <laughs> These things come out, and I keep saying to her, "Do you not hear how how incredible these stories are? These are ridiculous. These are crazy. Do you not hear them?" And she just says, "Well, that's all she says." Do you think that she would come on the podcast as a special guest when you're here uh, later this month? Uh, I don't know. She might, but she's very shy for you like know? five minutes. Oh, I think she would. Carol's Corner. I think she, she's got dozens of these stories. I mean, not one of her friends is normal. Hmm. Well, maybe one of them is. Oh, really? <laughs> well, this has been yeah, Carol's I mean, Friends. You know, I again, you know, occasionally on the podcast, I have to say, I have to inform people that I'm hearing this for the first time, just like that. this is another case where this was a total surprise. All mom told me was, I have some stories about Carol friends, Carol's friends, and indeed, there was a, um, a, a seriously ill person and a murderer, and what was the first one? After all the murder, I forgot the... 
I know this the alcoholic is is just so uninteresting, but she's interesting in that you know she she was gonna have a colonoscopy, you know, and she when it was time to go, the person that was taking her, she said to them, "Well, I didn't do the prep because I was already pooping water, so I didn't do the prep, so she she didn't get to have her colonoscopy." I mean, these are just the <laughs> lunatics that she... <laughs> Good. Boy, you had to bring it back around to poop, too, huh, Mom? Tying it all together. I, yeah, it really came full circle. Wow. Okay, well, I'm afraid to keep talking about the friends at this point, so should we <laughs> move along to our review for the week? <laughs> yes, and if this was too much, you know, you just have to edit whatever you... No, it was... <laughs> I know, I know, Mom. I know how to put the show together. I've done this a few okay. times. Okay. All right. This week we are talking about Shark Tank. Shark Tank is a show where rich people yell at small business owners and then sometimes give them money. More than a thousand aspiring entrepreneurs have visited the Shark Tank studio with their makeup spatulas or their home surveillance apps or their customizable shoelace clips. They peddle their wares in hope of securing investment from five cartoonish members of the Gilded class who constitute the show's panel of sharks. The show is celebrating its 10th season of helping entrepreneurs sell America some more crap we don't need. Here's a clip. I want you to pick up the car seat in your other hand. Look how awkward that is. It's not a natural way to carry weight, nor is it good for your arm or your shoulder. In fact, nearly half of all parents experience shoulder, back, and neck pain due to lugging around a baby carrier. So I did something about it. I created Lugbug, the most convenient way to carry a child seat. Just clip Lugbug on your handle here, and if you need to adjust it, you simply press down, rotate, and let it click into place. All right, what does it cost you, Nathan? Did you ever tell us? The product retails for $39.99. Uh, first thing I did was file for a patentability letter is just to see, is this product out there? Hasn't been it? done before. I have four issued wow. in the U.S. I have six four pending. Patents? Four patents? Utility patents. or design? Utility. I have six pending worldwide. Okay, this is great, but do you have any sales? I, I do have sales. I have a, a cumulative 283,000 in sales. I, I launched. Hate, I hate that. Wait, Don't ever tell that. me cumulative. <laughs> for how, how many years? No, uh, that's 2016, 17, and 18. So what were the sales last year? 198,000, all online. And what does it cost you to make a unit? The handle is Shark Tank airs Sundays, 9, 8 Central on ABC. Mom, is there still spark in this shark? Oh, I didn't expect you to hesitate. Yeah, I uh, I have to say it's losing a little bit of luster for me. Oh, is it? You know, you it and is. I are Shark Tank lifers, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's just that I, there's, there's things, I guess, and maybe now that I know the investors better. The sharks, Mom, please. The sharks, okay. The sharks. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... There's personality things about them that I don't like that distract me from really enjoying. You hate the sharks? Some of them. Okay. So the setup, for people who haven't seen it, is each week you get like four or five uh, deals or potential deals. People come in to this room where five rich people are sitting, all dressed up real nice, and they pitch their product. Usually they cry at some point 
because um, that's just how the show works uh, in 2018. And then um, the Sharks, you know, make an offer, $100,000 for 30% of your company or what have you, and they dicker or maybe they don't get a deal at all because it's a terrible idea. In the season 10 premiere, we had uh, Box Lock, the first smart padlock uh, that you can put, you can have delivery guys put your Amazon crap in there. Um, if you're not going to be home, leg glue, temporary glue for your Lego kits, um, final straw, a $20 metal straw, and to bare minimum, a, um, what the hell was this thing? It was like a pot that you, that folded flat for camping, right? Right, right. So that's the type of, of thing you get on there. And uh, let's talk about now the Sharks, Mom, because they are really the stars of the show. That's why their tank is the name of the show. Mark Cuban is on every episode. What do you make of Mark? Well, I used to really hate Mark mm -hmm. just because I thought he was a tool acting around the Mavericks. You know, I just, you know, I just didn't like his way. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> then I grew to like him because he seems like he's very compassionate or he did seem like he was very compassionate. Mm -hmm. And now I'm back to kind of meh about him because... He seems to delight in yelling at the, you know, this is nerve wracking for people to come out and, sh you know, here's my dream. You know, please don't step all over it and spit on it. And Mark's yelling, well, you better, you had that offer. You better take it. You, mm -hmm. you know, that could disappear. Then decide right now. Or here's my deal. I want to know your answer right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, screw you, Mark. That's not how this show works. Well, it works however they want it to, I suppose. Although well, I will you know, say, I'm sure that the that's a conversation with production as far as like, I want your answer uh, now. Like that stuff they develop. Maybe he did that once and then they said, hey, that was pretty good. Don't be afraid to do that again. That's become part of the fabric of the show intentionally. I'm not well, disputing the producers. <laughs> well, that's what a lot of this is. These people are all pretty tightly packaged up. I mean, Mark Burnett, this is a Mark Burnett creation, and he's the guy who rehabilitated yeah. Trump's image, you know, so Shark Tank is basically an evil show. So we had, then next to Mark on the season premiere, we had the uh, CEO of Ring, this doorbell company that was on Shark Tank and didn't get a deal Ugh. a few years ago. Don't yeah. you hate, Ma, when they have the guest shark? Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want to hear it, because he had one point of view, which I forget what it was, but it was like... I'm great. That's what his point of view was. Everything he said was like, I'll tell you why I love this product. Because when I founded Ring, I had just yeah, an idea. Yeah. And it's just like, but it's just about you again. He was terrible. He was awful. Yeah. Do you want one of those ma doorbell that sees out into the world so you can surveil the neighborhood? No, I can see right out the front door while I'm sitting here knitting. I don't need it. Don't need it. Don't want it. Don't Nobody ring anything it. else on my damn door. I got a, a doorbell that I hate anyway. Oh, yeah. I can't believe we've never replaced that doorbell. Yeah, it's like an old farm bell that you turn like uh, like you're winding up a clock, and it sounds like an old-fashioned fire alarm. Wow, well described. Yes, that's exactly it, Mom. And I always was surprised that people knew what to do with it, because I, to this day, have never seen another... <laughs> Not in the wild. Yeah. I've never seen another doorbell like that that has the handle that you twist. And right in the you middle don't of the live door. in the 1800s anymore. <laughs> I 
Okay, uh, so we hate guest sharks. Agreed. Um, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. At least he's pretty straightforward. You know what you're going to get there. He He's harmless, I think. Yeah, he's pretty mean to people sometimes, though. He is pretty mean to people. You know, you're you're dead to me. This idea stinks. I'm not going to encourage it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all right. You know, we've, we've seen enough people being mean on television. We have, you're haven't sure. we? Exactly yeah. right. We've become inured to it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. It just looks like shtick now. It does. And it's striking to me that last year they ran a lot of these uh, bios of the sharks, you know, and we really yeah. got the last couple of years they've been running these more sweeping profiles of the sharks. They cast Kevin, like everyone else, as this very sympathetic, um, sympathetic guy with a story that tugs at your heartstrings. And I was struck by that because I don't think in season two they would have done that. It shows the evolution of the show that they want all the yeah. sharks to be touchy-feely now. Because maybe we don't uh, worship rich people quite as much as we used to, and we need them to be human beings, too. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Well, if you're looking for Shark Tank to save the world, I think you're looking in the wrong direction. You know, it's funny you say that because uh, I watched watched some of this with uh, Anna, and she pretty much just sulked through the whole thing. Uh, Sulk might be a strong (laughs) word, but she wasn't happy to be watching it and just kind of you know, had this mope dope look on her face the whole time. And, and she said, I just feel like it's not doing anything to make the world better or something to that yeah. effect. And that's, yeah. that's absolutely right. I mean, this, the stuff people bring on, what about um, the sweater for dogs so that they don't shed? The whole reason you have an animal is so you can run your hands through their fur. Which, well, <laughs> so I thought it was stupid, you know? Yeah. Although he did mention that it calms the dog. Maybe it'll be a huge thing someday. I don't know. Well, they already have things that are marketed like that, like thunder shirts and such. Oh, do they? They do. Yeah, there's plenty of products out there like that. I've jumped ahead to uh, week two, which was... Week uh, two. That's all right. We're the only two people watching this show anyway. (laughs) You know that's not true. It's very popular. Yeah, I know. Um, That was sarcasm. You may not be familiar with it. Wow, I think I just got a second dose. That was prescription strength. <laughs> Seems like they're pushing this American dream angle harder than ever, right? Like they've christened yeah. the 10th season a decade of dreams. A decade of dreams, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wish more people were dreaming about uh, equality and peace and love than money. It does feel like that now, doesn't it? And I say this as someone who has enjoyed Shark Tank quite a bit, and hey, I I like watching it still. I'm not really knocking it all together. I just do think it's kind of a crappy show, and I think that it's, it's rah-rah consumerism values are a, a strange fit for the moment right now. Yes, and, and I'll go so far as to say an unattractive nuisance. Maybe so. Opposed, oh, nuisance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, like if you have a swimming pool, it's an attractive nuisance. Oh, I've never heard of that before. Well, you should be watching more judge shows. <laughs> attractive nuisance. <laughs> judge shows. Oh, we got to do judge shows on the podcast sometime. Love it. I don't even have to prep. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever bought anything off the Shark Tank? Yeah. I know you have, so I'm setting you up. What have you bought off the oh. Shark Tank? I bought some sugar scrub. Oh, the moisturizer made from sugar? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like if you have a skin condition, you can... Wash. You know, yeah, wash with it. Okay, right. Stupid. But what I found out is I don't like scratchy stuff on my skin. of course you don't. don't. (laughs) It's it's a terrible idea. Okay, next. It cost me $17 to find that out. (laughs) Okay, yeah, what else? I mentioned the makeup spatula in my intro, and I think you've bought that one, right? Oh, God, yeah. Right? Did you ever use that? I I did for a while, but then, you know... Can you explain what it is? It's a little... It's like a a long-handled, very tiny, like a doll spatula that you can stick in your makeup bottles and scooch out what's left on the bottom. But if you know, I re- what I realized with that too was, you know, and, and I, I don't mean this in a snotty way, but am I so destitute that I really need to scrape out the the thickened gunk at the bottom of, you know, it takes a long time to use a bottle of something of this or that. And do I really, really, really need to scrape out that last two days worth of stuff or could I throw it away? <laughs> oh, does that sound arrogant? No, it's just wasteful. Well, it's not... No, hey, that's Ma, not fair. Everybody, I'm sure... Okay, among all the listeners, everybody who always makes sure to use a makeup spatula to get every last bit of moisturizer out of your bottle, raise your hand. So I suspect there are not a lot of raised hands across the country right now, Mob. so you're in good company. Okay. Because you could just use a Q-tip, you know, and... Yeah. You don't use a Q-tip either. <laughs> don't lie. You, you just throw it away. You just said. Johnny, this is taking a very nasty turn. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can I talk to you about the leg glue? Because you, you couldn't contain yourself. Uh, you had to mention this one to me uh, last week when I we did. were chatting off the air. And uh, I just, I want you to share your view on it because I basically just agree with you. But talk talk about what this is and your view on it because I think it's absolutely okay. right. Okay. Well, this is glue that they that somebody came with, up with that when you click, you have to put the glue on each Lego, and as you put them together, it will make it somewhat permanent, or, or maybe permanent, I don't know. Um, and then to release the glue, you swish your object that you've made in water. Right. Or water. I don't know how to say that word. So... <laughs> They come apart, and the glue dissolves. Yep. To me, I hated it because I think the beauty of Legos is, one, that very satisfying snap you get as they click into place, and there's mm. just something about the impermanence of making a Lego structure. Yes. That that's that's the beauty of it that that somebody could kick it and break it all apart. It just it makes it that much more precious until you you're de- you decide to take it apart and make something else with it. I think what you're saying about the snap. I think I love all of it. I think it's absolutely right, especially from someone who didn't really grow up on Legos. Right. Right. You said to me. Right. It was you were Lincoln logs for me. Lincoln Get a splinter. Logs. Right. <laughs> head off to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that snap and the, yes, the this uh, ephemeral quality of your creation. I mean, it's fine right. if you want to use it. And and uh, although when the kid demonstrated it and dropped his, like, shark model on the floor, it broke. 
It broke. Right? Like pieces flew off and the yeah. sharks kind of chuckled. I think if it weren't a 12-year-old kid who had invented this, they would have been like, well, it it fell apart. <laughs> it fell apart. Maybe they were yeah. and they edited that out because it's too mean. They loved the idea, though. They loved it. Well, a couple of them did. Kevin and Damon yeah. both jumped on it. Because they were hoping that <laughs> Lego would be interested in it. And to me, it, it just seemed like it would be a real pain in the neck for Lego. They've built their whole premise on this one idea of snapping the bricks together, yay, which kids seem to love. And now, now they're going to have to... They were they were hoping the the um, inventor was hoping that it would be included with all Lego yeah. kits, which is stupid because now they're going to have to find another way to package the whole yeah. thing, and what what happens when it leaks and uh, yeah, it just it was too much trouble. Agreed, and as you have so right, rightly observed, it changes the nature of the product of the right. experience. Um, can I also say, you know, shortly after Leo was born, I was watching uh, the holiday Price is Right uh, kid and parent spectacular or whatever, you know, right? The kids yeah. play play the games. And um, I was like, oh, geez. And then I started watching it. And I was smiling and laughing. And uh, Anna said, oh, you like this now. You like this now that you have a kid. And I said, yeah, I guess I do. Shark Tank, though, I don't need the kid. Ugh. And yeah. it's just death. As soon as I see a kid walk out, which is pretty uh, pretty frequent uh, on yeah. the show at this yeah. point, oh, I just die a little. You cringe a little, don't you? So the kid comes out, and he's either, you know, he's like slick. He should be smoking a cigar and have on a plaid coat. And I don't know. Either they're so slick, they're, they make you cringe, or they're so clumsy and unsure and nervous that that makes you cringe. Yeah. And, ugh, and they're always weird. hammy, no matter what the caliber of presentation. It's just so hammy, and I don't I don't need the 12-year-old cracking jokes. The yeah. sharks always at least pretend to gobble it right up. But, but you're not buying it. I'm not. You know, when the kid comes out, Ma, it always makes me feel like, what, are, what am I doing with my life that I'm sitting here watching this? Some little cretin pitching his stupid idea that he came up with for the science fair. Yeah. The, the dad said, hey. Yeah, the dad's always there. And he's always got this wild look in his eyes, you know, like, do whatever you want, kid. But he's just like, you can yeah. tell his entire self-worth is invested in this this business they've built together. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a weird vibe. Yeah, so that is not comfortable. Um I don't know. It's it's sort of, I wouldn't give it an F, but I wouldn't give it an A anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, we did do it on the uh, podcast once before a number of years ago, um, but I don't remember what we said about it. I'm not going to go back and check. Well, have a little pride in your product. I have great pride in it, but I really don't go back and listen ever. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> we got, whenever we've got the energy to listen, we've got the energy to make some more, so we might as well do that instead. That's right. That was a good spin. I like that. Um, I just want to talk about two more sharks on, that are on my list here, Mom, before we uh, okay. wrap it up. Uh, Barbara. Barbara Corcoran. Do you like her? Uh, sometimes. Mostly no. Mostly no. Mostly no, because I think uh, I don't, I don't uh, follow along with her uh, reasoning all the time. 
of why she doesn't care for a product. I think she could make something up better than whatever she says. She's not really a wheeler or dealer, I don't think. Not too much. No, she doesn't. She's more of a like Robert Herjavec level of participation, I'd say. Like the occasional uh, deal. Uh, you don't did like you Robert? see him and his 12-year-old wife this week? His child bride? Yes, his child bride. His new family. Oh, I don't know. Robert, please. You know, what a cliche you are. That's <laughs> how the upper crust lives, Mom. No, I don't believe it. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah. No. Uh, <clears throat> and then Lori Grenier, the uh, queen of QVC. QVC, yeah. That's who everybody wants to really get a deal yeah. with because QVC, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, they're already on the show because they have a product that um, the producers thought would work well on TV. So it's just a natural. I like Laurie, though. You like Laurie? Yes, I do like Laurie. I didn't really care for her at first, but, uh, you know, I can forgive the sappy stuff at this point. At least yeah. it's not yelling. Yes. Yes. And I think she's logical and calm. And I do like that about her. And she's very pretty. I know that's not supposed to matter, but. Um, yeah. I get it. She's, you know, she's... She has a grace to her, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. You know, she's not looking to crush your spirit. She's, yeah, I just like her. Uh, she's a classy. Lot. I think she and Barbara are the two classiest members of the uh, tank. Yeah, I, I think you're right now that I've just run down the line. I think you're right. Although, I do think Damon is, is very respectful and... Agreed. So... But you don't like Robert. Who do you like the least? Sounds like you didn't care for his trophy wife one bit. Well, that's just because I'm an ass. You know, that's just because yes. it's I'm sure like, they have oh. a lovely relationship and that she is a, the, a profound love of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure of that also. <laughs> Who do I like the least? Yeah. You don't seem to like any of them very much, except Laurie. I like Laurie. I like Kevin because I think he is what he is. You know, that's that's about all he is. I think Barbara's my least favorite. Well, okay. You know, Barbara's crying now. She could care. She less. listens to the show. <laughs> she does <not>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Barbara. Okay, that's make better. a good deal. Uh, well, what's so your? So anyway, yeah. we'll we'll continue to watch this, huh? Yeah, we will, but it's that's a depressing comment on us because it's not a great well, show. Well, I, I know I'm a loser, so you know yeah. you have to deal with this in your own way. Each deal is just bite sized enough that you don't want to keep going. Although, boy, the yeah. season got off to a slow start. We had that eternal montage, and then the we have to introduce the oh the guy who go went from the other side of the tank to become <laughs> one of the sharks himself. That charmless. Ugh. Yes. Yes, I could. I may. I, you know, I'm thinking maybe I could even do that show better. I would love to see. Yeah, I'd love to g give you a hundred million dollars and put you on the Shark Tank and see what you could do with it. Uh, <laughs> would you have invested in the uh, boob towel? No, because you know what is the problem with that thing? It looked like a wonderful thing. It was like a towel that you wrapped around your neck, and then it had two holders for your boobs, and it sounds like a great idea, but if you had boobs like the models had, your neck would be so sore at the end of the day. <laughs> really? I didn't think of that. 
Well, how long do you wear it? I guess she said that some people do wear them out, but that wasn't really the... I didn't understand it, not having um, boobs, or at least substantial boobs myself. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was just like for getting out of the shower and making sure everything's dry, which doesn't seem correct because that's what they make towels for. <laughs> but maybe... Yeah, I, I think maybe I missed the whole point of it, too. And what about the handle for carrying around a car seat? Stupid. Oh, my God. Stupid, because like Robert showed you, that's how you're supposed to carry them. Well, which I didn't even know. I wish somebody had told me that. Although I know, because nobody tells you that, but that's the truth. Because you know why you don't know? Because you're not on Facebook. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, R Robert demonstrated that you don't carry a car seat by the handle. You sort of twist your arm around it. Yeah. But in any case, I think the more compelling thing he said was you never carry it around long enough to want to have to attach an extra handle to it. Like, snap that thing on, stupid. Right. And what about when that disengages and you drop your baby on the ground? <laughs> now, that's a great feeling. Even if it's even beyond that, like, you always have to find it. It's one more thing to have to keep track of. Exactly. No, when you when it's time to carry the car seat, you're almost always like, oh, let's just get this over with. Get in the house. No, shut right. up. Put that away. <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> like you are at the end of your rope by the time you're taking that car seat out of the car. That's right. So no, I'm not going to deal with that handle. The one time I would have wanted that is when I had to carry Leo through O'Hare Airport one time when we were oh. flying out for the holidays, and that was just the worst. Oh, that's yeah. such a big airport. And, of course, we were at gate X-72. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's where I fly out of, that <laughs> last one. Right. I always uh, get the every, last one. I don't know who gets no, those early ones. I always get the last one. You're going to New Hampshire? We could give a crap about yeah. you. Here, leave from here. And I always pass that Mac counter where the cosmetics are, like, so expensive and I think, what is that doing in an airport? I just don't understand. Who's going to drop $45 on a whim at the airport? First class. Oh, you already have all your expensive makeup packed, don't you? Yeah, you'd think so, but some people just, I don't know. They're always there, so some people must buy it. I don't get it. Well, that's a, that's a time for, that's a story for another time. <laughs> Okay, what's your grade for uh, Shark Tank Season 10, Mom? Uh, I'll give it a C. Let's see. That sounds about right. But we are going to keep watching it because it's just hard we to resist. Are. We are. Until the Celtics come on, at least. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what's your recommendation for this week, Mom? Uh, my recommendation is a book called Small Fry by Lisa Brennan Jobs. And I bet you can guess what it's about just from her name. It's about her take on life with Steve, as she called him, mm -hmm. uh, her father. Right, Steve Wozniak. From her <laughs> <That's> <laughs> her father, Steve Jobs, who did not, right. who was not a very good father. The, the part that interests me about this book, because really it was very sad, he was a very cold person, really, mm. and, and rather odd. 
which I think is pretty common, commonly out there, perhaps. Yes, in um, Silicon Valley, you mean? Well, in in the public. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. It's it, the fact that he was an odd bird is is out there. That's that's well yeah. known. That's I got it. That's, yes, that's yes, what it I'm is. Saying. And <clears throat> a lousy father to her when it came right down to it, and um, just a very odd person himself. But the thing that really the bigger picture that really interests me is that it seems like when a famous person dies that there's a flurry of books that are very glowing and, and loving and touching and sentimental even at times. And then it always seems like there's a second wave of trash books that come out about, you know, anybody, a celebrity mm-hmm. or whatever, their secret life or they were cheap or whatever. Right. Now, you're not saying that Small Fry is a trash book. You're saying that it, it, to some extent, trashes Steve Jobs. Is that what you're saying? Right. And in all fairness, this is her her take on it, you Mm -hmm. know, and she's allowed to do whatever with that. Um, I'm not denying her that, but it just seems to me that so many books were out there about his genius and little things that maybe seemed like eccentricities when her take is, you know, he was a very flawed person. You know, right after someone dies, I think we want to, when someone significant in the culture dies, I think our initial impulse is to justify the place they had in the culture. And Steve Jobs certainly had an outsized place in the culture. So I think our instinct is to, you know, look at what did make that person great and what inspired, what he inspired in us um, and the qualities that... That made him shine. And then I think, I guess after some time, we have a little bit, we feel a little bit direct, less direct responsibility for the person, mm. if that makes sense. You know, we feel mm-hmm. after we've acquired some distance, we're more willing to consider, hmm, you know, this was a complex person. I wish that we could do that from the get go because we're all human right. and we all have our flaws significant ones but it seems like we need to do it in stages and maybe in the end that's that's okay too if we maintain some picture of the whole that way but yeah you're right what you say that it's it does come in these waves doesn't it it seems to and i just uh you know that was the bigger picture it wasn't like i read this and was poisoned against um steve jobs because certainly her mother was a little crazy too Mm. but this is her story and that's why i read it because it was i wanted to read her story but you really can't you can't read a book and and know about somebody and maybe you can't really know about anyone because these are people that are we don't know i mean that's a rather grim way to put it that you can't really know anyone Well, I mean, anybody that you've never spoken to. Well, you can know something of them, but yes, you can't have a complete picture of them. Right. Do you need it, though? I mean, and do you ever have a complete picture of anyone? Everyone has some unknowable aspects to them. True. Although I have to feel after doing the podcast, I don't have too many secrets left. (laughs) I hope not. I bet I have some, but, you know, you have to ask the right question, because, yeah. yeah, so... But you recommend this book. I do recommend it because I think it's an exercise in seeing a different side of somebody, and I find that interesting. 
I can't say that it's going to make you feel good or anything like that, but it's another side of Steve Jobs that's very personal and and maybe you should give it a try. All right, Small Fry by Lisa Brennan Jobs, available wherever it is sold. That's all for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Hmm. What should we talk about, Mom? Well, I've got I don't it. Know. Oh, no, you go what? first. Yeah, you go. Yeah, it's something interesting. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, something interesting. Ah. That sounds good. <laughs> You devil. Uh, if you've finished up the Better Call Saul season, be sure to check out the Basement Breakdowns on YouTube. That's Basement Breakdown. And if you enjoy this show, Pop Mom, consider giving us a review uh, wherever you listen to the podcast. If they've got a thing you can click on and put a review in, just type something nice. Anything nice. Anything nice. And if it's something mean, don't write that. Stop that. Uh, and can I say this? Yes. Johnny? Yeah. Can, can Kevin let me know what his email address is? He knows who he is. Oh, confidential to Kevin. Let mom know what your email address is. Ooh, I feel like we're in the Dear Abby column. Okay. Sub Rosa. Uh, thank you for listening. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. Bye.